Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Comics School. As always, I'm Mike Dando, uh, education researcher, uh, nerd, um, guy who does probably too many things, but I'm absolutely um, thrilled to be with you again. And I am um, I don't get I don't get starstruck often, but uh, today I will make an exception for myself because um, the guest we have uh, is one of the one of the best in the game, and I'm so excited to to chop it up. Um, we have with us Dr. Wayne Al, uh, an educator, activist, scholar, focuses on issues of race, class, power in schooling. A professor um, in the School of Educational Studies at U- UW, the Ver- University of Washington, Bothell. Um, Al is an editor of the Social Justice Teacher Magazine, Rethinking Schools, repping with the cap um, today, uh, the fresh snapback, um, and the author um, the the author and editor of like a whole bunch of books. Fire up your Google machine, ask Siri, um, including Teaching for Black Lives, which is an essential get. Uh, rethinking ethnic studies, uh, a Marxist education, learning to change the world, a bunch of other stuff. If you don't know, now you know. Wayne, Wayne, what's up, man? How are you? Thank you for joining us. Absolutely, my pleasure to be here. Good to see um, you. Like I said, I, like I said before, we we kind of got on. I've been geeking out for a minute. Um, our our paths have been running parallel for a while, so I'm just glad we can connect. Um, Full disclosure, we we came up uh, at different times at the same spot. Um, And so it's been really cool um, to to see kind of the um, the 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 legacy, as it were. I don't know the lineage like we're we're still out here doing the work. Um, And uh, I remember when I was early on in my in my grad work and and we we talked about this. I was talking about, man, I want to do hip hop education and, and I wanted to think about how pop culture impacts and influences the way kids um, learn and, and navigate the word and the world and all this stuff. And then um, after I was done, you know, doing my early grad school ranting and raving, my one of my <laughs> advisors gently placed in front of me one of your early papers. And I was like, this is it. Bet This is it. This is where I want to go. So um, we will put some of that some of that stuff in the some of these things in the the show notes. So on the show, we often start with the, with the origin story. So um, I should also mention that uh, you not only are a prolific writer, editor, researcher, ridiculous DJ, like so good. I'm looking we're and this is great for, for audio content. Um, but we're on the we're on the the Zoom chat and there's records and turntables behind me, which makes me so happy. Um, but also um, practicing martial artists and just like does all the cool all the cool stuff. Um, it's just <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how good of a DJ I actually am, but um, that's cool. I appreciate though. I appreciate, no, well, I, appreciate the I only I try and only <laughs> say true things. Um, but but so take us back um, into the origin. You know, back when you're coming up, what are some of the some of the pop culture things that that you're you're reading that you're listening to like how did you how did you get on 
how did you get on the the DJ thing? Like, how did hip hop? How did hip hop intersect with you and pop culture? Just take us through what what young and what what young Wayne. Uh, and I refuse to say Lil Wayne, but young Wayne. Um, I'm not gonna say it. Um, living, living in the Pacific Northwest, what was he up to? <laughs> Sorry, that's funny. My my uh, my my students sometimes refer to my son as as Lil Wayne. <laughs> just, that's that's just our path, so. <laughs> your students are awesome. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know. I mean. You know. Pop culture is pop culture, right? And it's like everywhere and all the time. And so, and I'm I'm 49, going on 50. So, um, you know, really, really, sort of right when uh, hip hop was starting to to like grow but it was still i mean it was still it was still a little thing way off in the corner of the you know up in up in the northeast and, and mainly new york city but um i like i remember as a as a kid in elementary school in west seattle that was like um you know the opening opening refrain from rapper's delight opening verse like i remember my my uh, uh my my sister and and some of her friends um, you know, we were like sitting in the back of a pickup truck. Cause back in the day, we used to like sit in the back of a pickup truck and drive around, uh, no seatbelts and stuff. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, totally awesome. That's right? awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, I just remember folks like, you know, spouting off the open verse, Right. And, yep. and that was back before, you know, like, this is in Seattle. And so we were still like way, oh, way away from hip hop, but it, there it was like, you could just see how culture travels and this thing just, pops up. It wasn't really on the radio yet, you know, really like uh, it was. Yeah. So, so I would say that's where like I had that early memory and it was always sort of there. And then I think one thing that really happened for me is actually I, we moved to Connecticut when I was in fourth, fourth grade and suddenly the proximity was there with New York, right. With, with the, right. with the Mexican hip hop. And, um, and so um, a couple of things happened. That did a couple of things to me for one, where we moved to Connecticut was like suburban, like super white Connecticut. And I was coming from sort of a much more sort of like Connecticut. Er- <laughs> really? <laughs> um, you know, we didn't Sorry move to Hartford. Connecticut listeners. We, we, we moved to suburbs, and uh, and um, and I was coming from West Seattle, and and you know, my elementary school was in like some of the public housing in West Seattle, out of high point uh, high point projects and stuff, and and so I really I was I was trying to figure out myself in Connecticut, and then um, and for a while I went through a rocker phase, like I'm talking like like you know, glam rock, you know, hair rock, you know, like, um, so I can, I can, you know, I can talk that stuff too, but, but eventually at some point there was a cultural thing for me around identifying with hip hop in this really white space. Um, and, and so that, that, you know, in one of my books, in my book of Marxist education, I talk a little about how hip hop sort of saved me in that environment and sort of like trying to, to survive the, the white racist environment that I was in many ways in Connecticut and hip hop became sort of a lifeline for me. Um, around that kind of stuff. Plus, it also helped that, like, and I wish I had these tapes, Mike. Oh, like, you know, I could, I could, I could stay up late on like a Saturday night and tune my FM radio and catch New York City DJs at night. And, oh, and, and so, and so I had a couple mixes of like, and this is back in like Dana Dane and Nightmares and all of, like, I could, like, I had a couple mixtapes of like live DJs rocking it um, from New York City. And that's, I, I just, I would just stay up late and listen, like, I fell in love with Beastie Boys slow and low because I heard it on the radio. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's, that's so interesting to me. You know, I did the math real quick and, and, you know, you're, you're hearing the, you're hearing the DJ spinning some of the, the most iconic stuff coming up early, 
you know, early on in, in, in hip hop in New York. Um, and I think it's interesting because um, I've talked to so many people who have go- also gone through, um, and including myself, who have gone through different phases, but I can see the through line. Like I went through a real punk phase and a real like, you know, Bowie phase, like all of these sort of counterculture, these, these pushing back against normative kind of structures as it were. Um, but in a trying, not just, not just uh, as a form of, or sort of like, I don't know, angst or rebellion or, or whatever, but as a way of trying to figure out um, not just where the social boundaries lie, but how are they constructed and, 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 and how are they, how are they navigated and how are they resisted? Um, I never liked being told what to do. I still don't. Um, and, well, and I, you know, as right? speaking as parents, it's developmentally appropriate. It's what kids do. And so, right. That's- <laughs> Factually correct. Factually correct. Um, but you know, it goes beyond, it goes beyond even some of, even some of that too, because um, there is a, um, I don't know, especially when I think about, hip hop culture, um, not a contrarian element, but a element of critical resistance that I think also kind of, kind of flows through. Like when I think of like Joe, Joe Strummer in the clash, which that was, you know, um, that literally is, is aligned in some ways with, you know, fab, the, the furious five, um, fab five, Freddy, um, you know, grandmaster flash and, and, and so forth. Um, and I wonder, it makes me kind of think like, it feels important, pop, pop culture. Um, but why would you, um, I guess, how come you didn't leave that stuff behind? Like, why do you feel like that stuff's important? Because we all have stuff that we thankfully have left behind slap bracelets, frosted tips. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like there's stuff that I look back and I'm like, that was a terrible idea. We should yeah, never. Yeah, yeah. Why are we wearing overalls backwards? Who? Why did no one stop us? But then there are other things like, no, I, I've carried this stuff through into my, as you said, parenting into my my who I am as a, a person now. So, like, why do you think pop culture um, like what's the significance of it? It's why yeah, for you, you is know, it I not mean- disposable? Well, the thing is, like, I think there's a difference between fads and pop culture. And there's fads are a part of yeah. pop culture. Talk about right? it. Right. But then culture is culture. Right. Yes. And, and it becomes and culture becomes part of your identity and your identities shift, too. And so you may you do leave things behind. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even for me and thinking about hip hop. Right. I, I when we moved back to Seattle, um, I ended up going to attending Garfield High School, which is like uh, which was at the time before all this rampant gentrification was like the black high school in Seattle and the center of the black community. Um, and so hip hop was really alive there. And, and it, you know, and, you know, as an Asian American, um, it was a way for me to, uh, to connect and, and sort of be in that space in a way that, that felt close to me and, and part of who, who I developed into what I am. And also, you know, I'm, I'm, and all this stuff to me, and I see it very much in terms of like, almost in terms of evolution of biology in the sense that like, context and timing is everything. Right. Oh. Um, and so here I was, uh, um, you know, at Garfield High School and, I, and this is, and this was really important for me because, you know, I come from a very political family, particularly from my father. My father was, you know, crazy radical. Um, and he brought super radical politics to my life. And so here I was like, maybe, you know, 
like sophomore year, junior year in high school. And here comes De La Soul and here comes Public Enemy and here comes Queen Latifah. And so I was, I was at that age, right when you also saw that, you know, that golden era of hip hop kind of explode and this wave of sort of political consciousness. I mean, I remember I was down in Oakland visiting my dad and stepmom um, that summer when Takes Nation of Millions came out. And I remember like, we sat down, played that record and just were like silent and just like heads exploding. Like, oh my yeah. God, what is this record? It was amazing. Yeah. You know, and I was like a PE head, like, like, like from there on out. And I see you wearing your, your, your PE cap. But, uh, I used but, to have one, right? No, so. See, now, now I'm from <laughs> Pittsburgh. Okay. 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 So no. Okay. But, but, but for real, I'm, 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 for, I'm serious. One of the first things as a kid, I noticed, I was like, say more about your hat right now, Chuck D. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like right. I was like, you know, and of course, like P for, okay, all that stuff. But like, I noticed right away. Um, Cause I knew coming up in, even in Pit, like even in Pittsburgh, hip hop was a, a, a thing. So from Pittsburgh yeah, to, it to right. It, it was, it was every place. I mean, this is not it, Pittsburgh. Hip hop did not start with, Wiz Khalifa, due respect. Um, okay. And so, so I remember listening to Midnight Marauders, for example. And it yeah, was yeah. that same, like I was sitting in the, I was sitting in the driveway and I don't know every, I guess good hip hop just stops you in your tracks. Like yeah. it commands your attention. You know what I mean? Because I too, we were just all sitting in my, my, my friend's Jeep listening to uh, tape. Now, for those of you who are too young, tapes are like CDs, but they can get eaten. <laughs> Um, and for those of you who are too young for snow, CDs are. <laughs> CDs are small records. <laughs> Everything comes around. No, nah, but 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 I remember listening to the tape of Midnight Marauders, and then it just stopped, and we were yep. like, "What just, what just happened? And why are why do I feel like we're like I've been shocked with electricity? You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. So and so for me, it was that. It, it, then this is probably why another that we're thinking a lot about why why culture sticks with us is like. You know, it was at a particular intersection, time of my life. Mm. I had it was the politics and hip hop together. Um, not that I only listen to political hip hop. Um, sure. You know, you know, and it was just part of where I was at as as an adolescent, you know, uh, male. Um, shoot, I, I even remember like I, I got him in the records behind me. I got I got those very first NWA singles, the DZ singles, right? And like, and 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 I remember like, the, you know, I mean now now of course. I understand the, mis the misogyny and all really with uh, if I can right. cuss, can I cuss, can I cuss on your podcast? You may uh, say anything <laughs> that you want, you know, the levels of misogyny and all the bullshit that yes. was in, yeah. in that. Right. Yeah. Um, and those first singles dope man and all that kind of stuff. But at the time at that time in that context, when I heard it, we were like, did they just say that on a record? Right. right. They just cuss on a record. And like, right. like, like we were like, Oh my God, it was like this incredible thing. But the, and the other thing that was, and this is how my trajectory going into hip hop as a DJ was, I was actually pretty nerdy about it. Like I was the kid who loved, who loved the remix on the B side of the single. Right. And I was like, Oh my God, Talk they remix it. this. It sounds different. Hey. It's like, then I didn't know anything about samples or that stuff, but I always loved like the twist on, on the original. And that was the thing that I enjoyed the most. Um, and so then when I had the chance, I went to college and I, and then I, I was, had a chance to become a, you know, our college at Evergreen, the Evergreen State College and start DJing on the radio station there. Right. That's, that's how I started to move towards DJing and some local clubs and blah, 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 blah. And then it all kind of went from I, there. I, I love it. Um, because 
that's the thing. And I think right now people talk about like, why is this kind of a new golden age? It's because we nerds grew up. And then <laughs> because I was the same way, I was like, now, if you listen to this B side, okay, right. <laughs> what, ha- what happens is, right? And I yeah. was like, where's that sample? Like, that sample, where's that from? Okay, wait a minute. I know, I know. That's Herb Albert. What yep. the what? Yep. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And that was before kids these days, they can just ask, they can just go to who sampled, but we had to like. I know, we actually had to find yeah, it, actually, find the like, record. Find, yeah, yeah, yeah. Find it, like go to liner notes, like this contains a sample of like, write it down. I had a whole notebook of samples, right? And dude, I had to, um, and I had like, yeah. I mean, this like going like, for me, you know, I don't have time now, but you know, I used to just like Goodwill used to be where I used to live and just hit up the record bins. And now Goodwill charges like eight dollars a record. Back then, it was ninety nine nine cents a throw. Yeah, it was like, like hey, this looks interesting. Let me check it out, and I would just get it right. Right. Um. Um. Yeah. We we just find stuff. You know, we would just find stuff. Well, I think what's what's interesting is those are I think some of the things that, as you said, there's and and it's it's a cliche, but it's not a cliche because I think partially because it's true is is that when hip-hop becomes something you do uh when something you live and not something you do it then brings in some of those things that that serve us well i think as you know what we do asking questions digging research right create digging and researching i mean it's the it's a lot of the same moves right um asking those questions what happens iterative design trying to get from one one text to another text one track to another track make it seamless like all of those things i think at least for me were were really helpful but oh okay so sample you mean site no i mean sample they're two different things (laughs) and like but it was that praxis right it was that like way of like viewing the word and the world almost you know what i mean um which in a lot of ways also, um, and I think for me, that was uh, the thing about comics was they would kind of do the same things. I would like look for the, I would look for a single, right? I would look for like, oh, I got it. And then I would go into the, I would go into the, the comic book stacks and be like, I need issue 152. Oh, yeah, there yeah. it is. <laughs> I got to finish that set. I got to finish that run. Um, and so I, I guess my next question is, um, when you're thinking about bringing up and, and, and you do um, and just incredible, I got to tell you, just incredible work with, with students and with teaching and with learning and education and, and, and public discourse. And I mean, talk about organic intellectual, like that's, that's, that's the guy right there. Um, how are you thinking about, I guess the best way to guess the best way to ask this question is being a nerd and you, I'm using your words. Being a nerd, how does that affect, in yeah. case you can't get mad, but, but how does that affect the way you're bringing up um, your, own, your own kid and, and maybe even the way that you think about uh, educating the next generation of, of educators? You know what I mean? And th- those are two different questions, but... Um, they, like, they live together. They live yeah, together. But, they, but I'm, trying to, I'm trying to meld them together. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, there's... In terms of in terms of raising the kid, but it's got to be the same for education generally, right? It's like, you know, I think the hard part for me is, you know, I ha- like I have these things, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this mm-hmm. is the hard part for parenting generally. Yeah, is that you know there's this relationship we try for me at least we're trying to do where like you know there's all this stuff I, like this is all cool shit and I want to yeah. be able to like introduce you to we want our kids to do right. this stuff. On the, other, on the same hand, we can't like we can't be in the business about reproducing ourselves, 
right? Because they're their own people. And so, you yes. know, um, so I mean, did, did, did I listen, you know, would I play hip hop around Mako or would we find intersections? Yes. Mm-hmm. And do those live? Yes. But mm-hmm. honestly, he also, he was like, for a while, he was like deep into like Nirvana and, and stuff for a minute. And then he all, now he just listens to his pop music stuff as he becomes more or aiming towards being a teen. Um, and so like he has this whole thing, but at the same time, you know, like he, like he loves the Beastie Boys. Like we have intersection there and he'll, mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so, you know, we'll find this stuff to listen to. And we, right. and I fostered some of that stuff a little bit here and there. Like there was uh, the Dino five album that Prince Paul did with like, yeah. uh, and, like that was like on rotation. Like, yes. so I found these spots, right. but I never forced it. I never forced ah, it. I was never, there you go. I would never judge his, I would never uh-huh, judge uh-huh. his case and say, you know, that's whack. You don't listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, unless politically there were some issues, then I, then I would do a, some parenting intervention, but, right. but you know, stylistically he's yeah he's a aesthetically a right guy, so. right 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 yeah. um and so i think the lesson for us as teachers though right as teaching teachers is too kind of within that frame is just to be thinking about like um you know where we don't have you know as much as, as parents would like to think or maybe as professors we like to think we might have control over how our kids or how our students turn out yes sir we have some control but we also don't and they're their own people Whoa. and they're and you know our job is to introduce them to stuff and help them develop in good ways. And yes. then they're going to take what we do and merge with who they are and their right. experiences and come out into something new and different. Right. That, that so, merge with that, who they are, man. That's yeah. a, that's, yeah. that's a gem right there. This is going to take people forever to get through. Cause they're going to have to keep pausing it. Cause you just, <laughs> just killing them. Um, because, and I'm thinking back to what you said a little bit earlier is just discovering who you are, right. They're, they're going to, yeah. you know, you, and that's that hip hop, that's that knowledge of self. That, and I, I, I tell anybody who will listen, including my hip hop ed students who, if you're listening to this, what's up? But, you know, a, a good teacher teaches who they are, but you got to know who you are. It's what Lauren Hill says, how you, you got to be right within. Right. Yeah. And then you got to know who that is. But then you also got to understand that your te- your your kid or your students um, who who I often will, will call my kids. Right. In, in a different way. Um they're going to be who they are. They're going to teach who they are. And that, that what you said is, is just, is huge. Um, and I think part of that, at least for me, and, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this is part of that is um, I'm thinking about, and, and again, I'm thinking about mirrors and windows and doors. And I just read this really dope piece by uh, Stephanie Tolliver um, who talked about um, literacy as um, windows, doors, and, and telescopes, right. Mm. So you can like see like, see far distances right and 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 it's really really dope um but i'm wondering how you see in terms of like we we hear that you know you see the you see the hashtag like representation matters or you know um and and it's it's a neat hashtag but like i guess what is the importance as you're as we're trying to figure out you know our young younger selves are trying to figure out themselves and our young and our teachers are trying to figure out themselves and our kids are trying to figure out themselves like why would you say representation is important right if if at all like we're going through this amazing boom we we, we talked about uh shang chi we talked about we're gonna talk about warrior here in a second um but i'm you know i'm i'm wondering what you think about um the the significance of the moment we're in socioculturally and, and politically in terms of representation in the public sphere mm. you know does, does that question make sense 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's just the larger question, right? Around it, the, yeah, the we could do a whole series right? on that. But <laughs> um, And the fun, first, I'm going to say something a little contradictory in, in that, um, you know, on, on one level, representation is, is it's purely symbolic. Right. And it oftentimes doesn't matter. What I mean to say is that, um, you know, represent, representation, if it's only left at the level of representation, then you know we don't ha- we don't get yeah. substantial change around stuff that yeah. just becomes for show right for presentation right and so part of me is like well representation doesn't matter on the other hand i also know it absolutely does matter right and so it holds this sort of contradictory space that's a, that's a tension um, right there's yeah. a yes it, it yes, absolutely yes, yes, does yes. matter because because what we know about humans in general is if it, like we need to we need to see possibilities in ourselves and Woo! if we don't ever see that possibility for ourselves then how do we reach it right um, um, and, and so that's what I see. Like, so even if we're talking about whether we're talking about curriculum, right. That's, you know, we both went to Wisconsin and so all the stuff around, you know, worked with Apple. Right. So like, yep. like, yep. you know, we know if it, you know, what's, what is in the curriculum is, is your knowledge and history that's and right. culture, that's you right. know, in the curriculum or not. And what does that do in terms of how you understand and relate to school and see what your that's capabilities right. are and all, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then pop culture sort of say, serves that same role. Um, and for Asian Americans in particular, it's really, it's been interesting, um, you know, because I would say probably of all sort of racialized groups, we've had the least amount of representation and, and we've clamored for it. On the other hand, I've been like, well, you know, also black folks get represented all the time, but they get misrepresented all the time. Right. So we got to be careful right. what we ask for. Right. You know? Right. Um, and then, and then we saw like crazy rich Asians. I was like, well, I mean, it was entertaining, but I don't know if that's the representation that like really is going to make any, what kind of right. difference is that really going to be? Right. Um, you know, so, so it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's what, what the cliche is the double-edged sword, you know? So yes. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yes. But, but, but it does, but it, you know, it does matter. Like think about my kid and, and kind of we're in the moment now, I think for Shang-Chi to come out now, sort of in the wake of, you know, the Atlanta shootings um, and all the anti-Asian violence has happened in the last, you know, a uh, year to, to 18 months. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's sort of in that, in that context, Shang-Chi sort of becomes a pushback against all, all that uh, attacking on, on Asians and Asian Americans. Yes. Um, and again, it, it can hold an important role and make you just feel good, you know, even for like, you know, for Black Panther, uh, you know, like we felt good. When, like we saw Black Panther, we're like, wow. And even though I understood there was actually some really regressive neoliberal politics and in the context of like colonization of Africa and all this stuff, like there's, there's a lot of like, you know, political critique you have, 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 have of that, but we also just felt like, wow, like we've never seen this before on, on the screen That's and right. it That's was right. incredible. Right. And so, and I felt the same way about Shang-Chi. Um, it had, had a lot of that and just, you know, we just wanted, you know, like I want my son to see that and be able to like, see, wow, there, there are superheroes that look like me and I can, I can, I can feel that, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I think like, that's one of the things that, um, a buddy of mine, Danny Friedrich. What's up, Danny? Friend of the pod, Danny Friedrich. We were talking about, we were nerding out, um, very likely about comics. And, and, and he said, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about is we can still love that which we, we can still critique that which we love, right? And it goes back to me. It always makes me think of that Baldwin quote. Like, um, that's why I reserve my right to critique it, <laughs> critique it perpetually, right? So it's just like, and I think the importance of joy, especially, uh, and I'm going to just gesture everywhere, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like joy in this moment is is in some ways a a an act of resistance, right? It's just like 
everything's terrible, but I'm going to love this moment because uh, I understand its importance and the people around me and, and the moment that this is in while understanding that. Um, and, you know, I say this in my, in my classes all the time. It's just like, is this book perfect? Is this article perfect? Nah, because a person wrote it. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Like we all have those blind spots. We all have those things that, you know, we would have did different or we could have, we could have done differently. But um, I think it's, um, you know, I thought, I, I thought both of those, I thought both of those pieces and, and um, I love C, I love C Malou from, from way back from Kim, leaving Kim's convenience. Um, yeah. And, and so uh, not the same character. Uh, no, <laughs> that's, that's range, baby. Um, but, um, but I really appreciated um, it's, it's, it's a reclamation, right? We talk about, so we talk about hip hop and this yeah. idea of like rampant, rampant misogyny. I would, talk, I would I, you know, I would argue that that has a lot to do with the corporatization, et cetera. So that's a whole yeah, other, that's a whole other thing. Like we're, yep. you bring up, yep. you know, we talk about neoliberal politics, bring a helmet, let's go. But this idea of reclaiming that thing, because like I look at Luke Cage, I look at Shang-Chi, I look at some of these like 1970s, just real whack representations. But then I look at how Folks like Gene Yang, for example, um, who wrote yep. um, American Born Chinese, which is phenomenal get and Superman smashes the clan. If you haven't caught if you haven't caught that um, listeners, definitely check that out because it is uh, it is quite good um, how there is a, a pushback in a lot of ways um, politically. And it's what hip hop can do. It's what comics can do. Um, yeah. and, and I love that idea of what well, it doesn't matter Sometimes it matters in the way you you don't want it to matter, but then there's this other politics of mattering that that we can we can leverage, right? Yeah. Um, I think that's really really I think that's really really important. Um, I gotta tell you um, because <laughs> I'm a like I kind of got it backwards because I listened to the Wu Tang first and I was like, what are all these samples? Because you know we, we you know we were talking right. We're talking, yeah, I was yeah. like, who, who are these people talking at the beginning of these records? <laughs> so I would find the movies and watch them. I would yeah, find yeah, those yeah. films and I would watch them. Um, and then um, I kind of watch out for like who kind of knows, who kind of knows the deal, who knows what's up. And you kept talking about Warrior on Netflix. <laughs> and I don't want to ruin it for everybody, but that show is the shit. <laughs> um, and that was, you, you were like, you got to watch the show. I'm like, Hey, it's good enough for Wayne. It's good enough for me. Let's do it. Um, how would you describe, like, I don't want to say, like, why should people watch Warrior? But, like, how does it fit into your conception of, besides just being badass, um, how, like, what, what, flip, what flipped the switches? What did it get right for you that you were like, yo, this is what's up. You got to get, you got to get on this. Because you were right, without question. I, I, I would say you're right. But, like, what was it that clicked that that clicked for you that said, yep, this is this is pretty good. I'm I'm down with this. Well, I mean, I think I mean here's the thing. So I got into watching Wushu movies years and years ago. I mean, um, back in that first sort of the earlier sort of eruption of the Hong Kong film, you know, so, you know, Wong Kar Wai uh, and okay. Heart yes. and all that stuff, right? And, yes, and yes. you know, you know, all the old Jet Li films and yep. all that stuff, right? And so yep. And, but I felt like we hadn't, you know, every once in a while we we get, you know, we maybe get, you know, um, you know, um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Every right. once in a while we get something. Um, right. But I hadn't really seen like, 
like here was like a gritty portrayal of like early Chinese American like Life. settings. You know, yeah. you know, it's glorified yeah. and, and it's and of course it's Super all stylized, about you know right. all the, it's stylized and and you know it's centered around the fighting and those characters and that scene. Certainly, I wouldn't argue that it represents the day-to-day life of an average Chinese American from, from that time no, period. But, factually but correct. Had that portrayed, right? Is like, it was like, whoa, you know, and then it had really good martial arts and have it be built off of, you know, inspired by Bruce, Bruce Lee's original vision for what, right. um, what became that stupid Kung Fu show, um, you know, and so with David Carradine, right? And so, so here we, it was, so it was, it was pushed back on that. It was, it, yes. it was just like, it was, and then the opening, like we were just watching the opening scene, right? And those, yeah. And and those white guards come up to him, and they're like talking smack, and then he's just like, "I just remember, you know." He's like, <laughs> the guy, he was like, "I think you're asking," <laughs> he says, "I think you're asking the wrong question, you know." You just, the question is, "Do you want to find out?" Right? Yeah. And like, okay, we're gonna find out. Like, would you, would you asses, care right? to test your assumptions? Right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so it was just like we just like I remember my my wife and I were watching that. We we're just like, "What? Like this is great." And, it's, and again, we, you know, we, we didn't catch it originally on Showtime. We kind of, when they really re-released it really on HBO or whatever. And so it was like, so that means there was lag. And then we were suddenly seeing it much closer to the rise of the anti-Asian yeah. stuff. Right. Yeah. And so, um, and so just to be like, you know, the part of it was cathartic too. I'm just like, all right, yo, we're, this is a show where we get to watch some white racists get their asses beat. And like, you know, it's fictional and it's okay. I'm okay with that. Right. And so and that's, and that is totally, um, let's rewind and watch that. Cause there's a couple times where I'm like, I just want to pause and just love this tableau of this guy yeah, right? just getting <laughs> mopped right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Um, <It's> like, <laughs> and plus, and then plus, plus the, the women characters, you know, mm-hmm. especially the, the Asian American women characters in there were, were really complicated and complex and there were spiders and, and, and especially if you watch the, the breadth of the two seasons, you get to see this development happen. Um, and that looks, you know, that, that was really amazing. And then honestly, just to, you know, spoiler alert, but, but uh, it was really hard, like really hard, but to have a lynching of, mm-hmm. you know, a, of yeah. a Chinese, Chinese American man happen yeah. as part of the show. Like, I don't think that's ever been shown before. Right. And I think a lot, and then you saw the responses popularly. People were like, Whoa, I didn't know this history. Yep. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, how did you not know this history, right? But of course you didn't know the history. So, you know. <laughs> yo, and 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 that is such an important point in terms of, you know, when I'm thinking about pop culture, I'm thinking about in some ways, and this, uh, to, to quote Dr. Ladson Billings, shouts out, um, analogous but not equivalent, right? But there's this idea of a lot of people, for instance, learned about Tulsa through Watchmen. A lot of people, yeah. you know what I mean? They're like, I had no, what? What happened? What? Um, and then we had um, on the show, we had Stacey Robinson and Alvin Ball, who did a graphic novel about Black Wall Street. Right. Mm. Um, people le- are learning. And I think it has to I think it has to do with part of part of this complex, complicated storytelling is we learned how to tell. And, and I say our ge- kind of our generation learned how to tell stories through comics, hip hop, pop culture. We knew what was popping. We knew what we, we knew what. We knew what we wanted to see. Yeah. We knew how to tell a story visually. We knew how to tell. We knew how to hit. We knew how to sample from this. We knew how to. We knew how to bricolage before we knew how what bricolage was. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah. And that's why those. That's why Gene Yang for shouts out Gene like can yeah. bring a complicated, nuanced story to something that could be really corny. 
um, in, yep. the, in like in the Shang-Chi. He, he wrote Shang-Chi fights the Marvel Universe. That could be some of the corniest story ever. But he took it, <laughs> remixed it, flipped it because he knew what he was doing. He knew the history. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, and in fact, uh, part of the there's a his, the back matter of 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 Superman smashes the clan is is his history with Superman and, and the history of the United States and Asian American uh, populations and, um, you know, internment and, and so forth. Um, yeah. And even and, and, and this is something I put on on social media. Somebody's talking to me about the importance of of the train in Shang-Chi. Right. Like the import, like knowing your history and people are like, oh, it's the train. I was like, yeah, it's a train. And they're like, no, 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 that's important, man. That matters. <laughs> like if you know what you're looking at, like that's hot. <laughs> right. And, 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 and so um, and because it was because it was it was drawn from from it was drawn from those stories of the community that's deeply yeah. rooted. Right. You know, what I mean, um, and so we'll 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 end with we'll end with this because. Because you, you talked about Wushu um, and and I'm, I'm curious how you see martial arts, if you see, I'll say if and if so, how like do you see like martial arts and DJ and, and, and teaching like what are kind of the I don't know if the, the pedagogic moves or philosophical ideological overlaps like. As a practitioner of all of those things, and, and that's the right and that's the artistry of those three discrete things like is there is there a venn diagram for that do you think <laughs> i mean I, I i that's a that's a terrible way to ask that question but like what's the intersection and overlaps of those because i feel like there is but maybe i'm wrong maybe i got it twisted i know i i don't know i mean that's the thing right we know this sort of there's always been this sort of historic love love relationship between hip-hop and martial arts right and so right right so there's something so there's there's something there um, and just and to be clear, like you know, I've, I've always liked martial arts and, and wushu movies. And um, shoot, I, the first the first wushu movie I saw was um, oh no, I'm gonna forget it right now. Um, I just remember I was actually at a club with DJ Dadon down in the Bay Area back when I was in like it was like when I was like um, either like either maybe later in high school or no, it was early maybe early college because um, I went to Santa Cruz my my, my first years. And, um, and, oh yeah. And so he was, he was spinning and he was like my DJ idol for forever. Yeah. Um, Cause I always had mixtapes from him from via my sister. And so he was spinning and they were showing like Iron Monkey. He was broadcasting Iron Monkey on huge screens in, in the club. Right. Like, yes! you know, huge so yes! I was sitting there, I was like at this club and I was like, wait, I was like watching this. I was like, what? So I, I've always sort of idolized it. And I didn't really get into it until really get into practicing Wushu um, until my, I started taking my son to classes and sort of just, and for that to me was about uh, cultural practice for him. I wanted him yeah. in the Chinese American community yeah. and, and doing, practicing uh, some, some Chinese martial arts. And, and plus his Sifu was, is this incredible uh, woman practitioner. Uh, Sifu Tianwan Li is like amazing. Um, she was like national champion in China when she was younger and like spear and, and some other stuff. And so like, she's hot. And so, just so, and then I was like, I was taking him, and I was like, man, I want to do this. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start doing it too. And yep. like I say, you got want to put you in that space where I was. Here I'm, a, I'm a professor. I'm a, I'm a well-known professor in, in education. I teach Actually, teachers. Correct. I speak in the world, whatever. And then here I am, it, humbly, starting a new martial arts practice 
And I'm asking the sixth grade kid next to me to help show me how to do the next move. Right. And it was really, really good. It was really, really amazing for me to sort of be put back into space of being a novice and to sort of be like, okay, I, you know, I, I need, I, I'm going to ask this kid, Hey, what's the next move? Can you, I can't remember. Can you show me how to do this? Like mm-hmm. it was really, really good. Anyways, that doesn't answer, that answers your question. No, it, no, it absolutely does. Like <laughs> this is, I'm like, I'm writing stuff down. I'm like, um, that is, yes. You know, but I, I think that, you know, there is something about the humility of learning that I think connects mm. all three of those things. Mm. Um, you know, especially in terms of DJing, um, <laughs> and you know, I'm not a scratch DJ. I would, you know, I, I, I analyze invisible scratch pickles and, and the X-Men back in the day, but for sure, for sure. not, I'm not a battle DJ. Don't, don't, don't test me. I, I will, I will lose. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, but there's certainly humility in learning for all of it as whether it's being a professor, um, whether it's being martial artist and whether it's, whether it's being a, a DJ. So, yeah. and there's other stuff we could talk about around that community and other things. I think all those things are all sort of important parts that I think are of, of all those spaces too. I mean, I think that's one of the things, especially as we uh, are, I want to get, I want to get, I don't want to get too into the weeds about it, but when I think about the expectations that for instance are put on teachers to be the experts of everything and, and know everything and, and, and never be wrong. And our, our, our students are always told like, don't ever get it wrong. Don't do, be right or be, be right or be left behind. Right. Like, yeah, that is no way to that's that's no way to be that's no way to live right like you better get you you better get this you better get this transition right um you know the community is going to let you know whether you did it right or not but (laughs) they're gonna let you're gonna get peer reviewed okay um (laughs) that's not what i mean but i was just saying like the ability when you're it's just you and you and 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 the decks right to be like nope didn't get it Nope, didn't get it. Like, yeah. that is learning. That is the not. That is the generative knowledge that you have to be yeah. humble enough, as you said. You have to be humble enough, and and we don't have that uh, those opportunities to uh, ask those folks who know more than us because we're positioned to think that we're supposed to know everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. And if we don't, that that kind of keeps us. It kind of keeps people in place, right? And this idea of our students know more than we do in a lot of yeah. ways, you know what I'm saying? A like that's hot. So you said you didn't answer the question, but you like, blew, <laughs> you blew the roof off it because like, on, you know, on the other hand, I'll just add like there, we, you know, I've talked with a few other cats because sure. there's a few folks in, who are academics that I know who are not only hip hop heads, but also martial arts like folks too. And, and um, you know, we don't, we haven't done enough thinking through what's the pedagogy of martial arts and mm. what can we learn about that? for for us as teachers and professors too there's a whole other thing so yeah um <laughs> i would i would immediately buy that book um <laughs> just i'm just letting you know just to let you know um man it has been it has been such a it has been such a pleasure to like hang out and chat and like just yeah, just learn together man this is this is so great um what okay so i i would say where can you know, where can people find you if, if you're on, if you're on Twitter or, or what have you, but I'm, I'm actually, Man, I'm, a, I'm a Luddite. I'm a Twitter Insta Luddite. I got you. But, but here's, here's the question. If you got, a, if, if, if people are like, yo, Wayne's all right. 
Um, what what would be a record to pick up and what would be a book to read? And you can't pick your own book because I already endorsed your own books. Okay, so I just blanket endorsement, a podcast seal of approval. So you got to pick one, a different one, book. One record and one book? like or, or one piece of reading. We'll say one piece of reading because we got to give the people homework, uh, but, but homework they want to do. Goodness gracious. I know, it's a tough question. I, I, it, I, asked, I saved a hard question for last, bro. It is. It is. It is. So I'm looking. Around, I'm looking around my stacks right now about what I've been digging into to try and like to to uh, uh, think about education wise. Um, uh, let's see. Well, I'll I'll tell you one book that's that's super brilliant. Okay. I'm trying to understand Asian American positionality more in light of everything that's sure. gone on. Uh, it's a book called Alien Capital by mm. Aiko Day. Mm. Okay. And she argues. You know, typically, just as a real quick, typical part of our, you know, typically we put Asian Americans within sort of a, a black-white framing of, right. of the United States, of racialization, and she argues that that framing actually is is too limited and doesn't actually help us understand the actual racialization of, of Asian Americans. So that's that's uh, the book yes. um, that, that I'm that I'm using, and then. Uh, music wise, you know, there's just so much. And right now, you know, other than the fact that I was listening to old stuff or, you know, I spent about four months listening to sh- just doom after, after Yo, that, that um, kids these days, man. And I love the youth. They got to know the, cl- you got to respect the classics. So if you want to say, cause I just, um, cause zoom and Zarface just had a, uh, doom and Zarface just had an album come out in 2021. So you're on the, you're still on the, the leading. Edge. I know. I know. You're still um, on the leading what, what, edge. Actually, what I haven't, I haven't dug into it yet, um, I, but you know they just they just released Gift of Gab's posthumous album, yes. And yes. so I'm trying. I want to dig into that and feel oh. that. Um, so you know, Man, that's, big, that's a big. There's been a lot of big losses hip hop wise, you know, of late. So and and I love the way that you put that is because one of the things that and I said, I said we were going to wrap up. We just keep we just keep talking, but like you you got to spend time with the text right oh yeah to understand it and and records are the exact same way so it's like oh you you know you can't just flip through the pages and say you read a book you can say you no. looked at it but like that's that that's that thing it's like oh i read that oh you did did you oh, understand yeah, no, I, it I, or did you just look at it it's like oh you oh i heard that record oh you did but did you listen totally. to it I, like, I'm, like I'm, I, yeah, but, yeah i'm one of those cats who like i will just bury myself in a record and, and honestly but what's bad about it is then I, i'll listen to it so many times i actually may not pick it back up again forever but i'll be like i'm in this record and i'll listen to it yes, five ten times or more and i'm really right. like this is what i'm doing now and nothing else so. right and and for me when i'm sitting with the record right with with the album i will take you know people will be like oh i've listened to the whole thing in one sitting i was like okay cool i have made it through two tracks because i listened to those <laughs> tracks eight times because i'm trying to like yeah. pick up on yo how do you make that move how do you what is going on here? I'm trying to understand yeah. it. So I appreciate the way you put it is, you know, and that Gift of Gab album, um, I, I got to sit with too because uh, a, a part of it is is out of respect. Um, but yep. part of it is, is out of respect for the art and the artist. And, and part of it is um, understanding the way I internalize these these things, man. So I appreciate you so much. Um, everybody, that's, that's, that's Dr. Wayne Al. The, one of the one of the best. Thank you so much for joining us, sir. Appreciate you. Absolutely, absolutely. It was great to chop it up with you, Mike.